It's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 135 of We the Gamer Cast. It publishes on iTunes, Google Play, and Mother Loving YouTube on youtube.com slash we the nerdy every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing, hitting the thumbs up. Now is a great time to hit thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already, rating us on iTunes and all that great stuff. Guys, it's Saturday as I record this, but now is a good time. I'm feeling great. I just had a chat with Alex from Zoink Games that you're going to enjoy, I promise you. Unless for some reason you have something against Sweden and great people, uh, then you may not enjoy it. But other than that, this is a universally lovable type of episode. Great chat. I can't wait to get to it. But before we do, I want to give a quick thank you to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash make us better. It's the reason I'm talking and pointing into a webcam right now. And it's also the reason that the guys from Fluxtapose are going to be back later on with returning guests. We do six of these every single month because you guys make us better especially our platinum executive producer Corey hicks and are back to our gold executive producer status mr sheldon benedict from quest for pixels and all of our gentlemen executive producers nick from next level games joel brooks james johnson dr doom handsome jesse armstrong david ray aaron doherty martini jean mr moody and our brand new gentleman executive producer dude 427 dude has been hanging out with me in the streams and give it's just been an amazing time i'll get to the streams in just a second but if you're new here's the deal every week i have sweet hangs with strangers from the internet and we talk about video games and a whole bunch of other stuff if you want to be on the show tweet at me at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants lincoln is just about to go for a nap so this is like perfect timing this is life now you guys you have to plan life in five minute chunks and that's probably one of the things i am worst at life and because i if you sat me down in a chair and said like guess when five minutes has gone up and even if i were to try and cheat and try and count to 65 times i'm gonna be off there's no way and i I wonder if any if you guys are tweeted me if you're good at, at scheduling and knowing five minutes or even less if you've got three minutes because here's the thing i feel like sometimes i'm walking out the door and i just gotta do like one or two more things before i actually get to my car and suddenly it's 20 minutes later why did that take 20 minutes? My car isn't like one of those weird things where do you guys put the time uh, five, 10 minutes ahead so that you're early or I don't even know what the point of that is, but I've seen a lot of vehicles where the time is just flat out wrong and there's some sort of strategy. I don't know. I'm rambling. Guys, it's been an amazing time on We The Gamer Cast lately. It's been an amazing time on YouTube.com slash We The Nerdy. There is streams going up like crazy. Myself, Chelsea, and Chris Berto, one of us is basically on there Every single night, it seems, uh, Chelsea's playing some Fallout. Last night, she was playing some South Park, uh, the fractured butthole. Uh, Chris has got Gears of War 4 with Luke Lore going on over there. I'm playing God knows what. I think I might do some Super Hot. I was playing that last night. Just a little bit of, of Super Hot. I, I was not aware, if you guys didn't know, uh, I did know this, the other part I'm not aware of, that, uh, it is, it's Games of Gold, it's a free game now if you have Xbox, so that's amazing. I was not aware, however, that the whole super hot, super, the thing that was in the trailer that we all know about, that's like at the end of every level. I was not aware of that. Pretty cool. It's way darker than I thought. I definitely didn't realize there was gonna be any story here. Super cool game. Also, super hot game. See how easily the dad jokes just roll? Guys, this is amazing. Um, I wanted to let you know that, uh, if you haven't told you already, I was on Quest for Pixels with Sheldon Benedict, and, uh, it was just, it was just this last week, I didn't get Tony there. Tony, I think, is avoiding me, but that's okay. I'm in the, I'll track him down in the Discord. I was actually able to convince, uh, Sheldon to buy an Xbox One X. Live on the show, he made the decision, and he hit, he hit buy, and it showed up at his house just yesterday. So, if you want to check that out, it's, uh... Just the powers of persuasion. And if any of you guys have been like even considering if you want to jump in on Xbox, it's a good one. It's a good one. I put a lot of the, the misnomers to rest and we talk about why it's actually great. It's a good time. Thank you. Thank you to Sheldon for having me on. And thank you to our new producer. So Sheldon's back as a gold producer, uh, dude427 as an executive producer and my good friend, one of the first guests on this show. Joey Ferris, not not the No Way Out Forest. Joey Ferris from Commonwealth Realm, Nuke the Fridge, Game and Talk. Gosh, how many? We got we got a thousand brands attached to Joey. Good for you, man. Busting is that Sack Anime? 
Um, so thank you guys for signing up and truly believing in this vision. I hope to have some new things to talk about very, very soon. A lot of stuff behind the scenes. I don't know where I've got time for any of this stuff, but I'm pumped. I'm passionate about it. It's going to be good stuff. Um, let's see. I wanted to just give you guys a quick update. If you haven't, if you have not been able to tell, I'm feeling great lately. Benjamin, thank you. I won't actually go. I'll just say Benjamin. Benjamin reached out to me earlier this week and he was checking it. I've had a couple of people actually just kind of like, Hey, how are you, man? And I'm doing great. I'm not even just saying it for the show. I'm, I'm doing really, really well. I was, uh, as some of you may know, um, December sucked. December was awful and leading into January was, was pretty tough as well. Started seeing, uh, I started going for therapy a little bit and working on myself and it has helped so much. Um, I've discovered how helpful exercise is just getting up and out and how great that is. I've discovered why, like, why writing about video games is in me because writing in general has also helped. I've, I'm keeping track of and just journaling just thoughts and just getting them out of my head where they're, they're not doing me any good and I get them out of my head onto paper and then I walk away and it's been incredible. Um, really, really nice. So I've gone from seeing somebody every single week to every two weeks to now I'm on monthly. So, that's the type of progress I kind of want to see. I was all in on this stuff. So thank you to everybody for a lot of just concern and love and compassion. So thank you to everybody for that. Uh, I mentioned the streaming. Why don't we just go right into it, guys? I'm very lucky to get to talk to some great people. Last week, we had Donnie Reese. He shared an incredible story. Definitely one of the special episodes, as many of you guys have reached out to me to say. Uh, this week, we have Alex Dahlberg from Zoint Games. And I... I feel like we've actually been in contact for many, many years just on, on Twitter. And a lot of you know her through a lot of her work for Zoink. She's also been on a bit of a circuit. She's been on tour doing a whole bunch of podcasts. You may have heard her on Nintendo Dads and on uh, fellow Make Us Better podcast, The Warp Whistle with Mark Carabin. I wanted to take a slightly different uh, conversation. I wanted to tackle it just a little bit differently. So if you have heard her on those shows, I'm... I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is very different. Well, not very. It's, it's not like we go completely off. I'm still talking to the same person, but if you think this is going to be a repeat of those shows, it's not. And it's, it's mainly just to kind of be in line with more about what this, this show is about. We don't really go too much into promotion or anything. Um, but well, I wanted to get to know Alex, like I want to get to know everybody on the show. So why don't we just get right to it? You can follow her on Twitter at that's great. Alex, one of the greatest Twitter handles on the planet. Here she is. Alex Dahlberg. I spent all the last couple of weeks kind of listening to your tour on the super indie podcast and you're on nintendo dads and the warp yeah, yeah. podcast what else what else <laughs> were you on did i miss anything i feel like there must have been you're on a bit of a tour like, here I think, I think it was those two yeah mm -hmm. and it's slowing down a little bit after the fair release so we get getting some time to do this kind of stuff again so that's no fun kidding. i mean it's like talking to people i'm i'm it's so it's been a, a lot of weeks just answering emails which is my favorite part of the job <laughs> mm -hmm. and isn't that something that like for people who aren't in that sort of line of work like my, my wife talks about this a lot she's in she runs her own business as a photographer and she'll often say to me i just i just have to get through answering emails and it's like it's a thing it's a real thing that you have to like it most of us just kind of like flippantly answer our emails on our phone or whatever but you yeah. have to be you have to be kind and courteous and it takes time to craft some of these emails you have to you have to be personalized as well. A lot of people probably asking you for things. Yes, a lot of asking things, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just recently like, wrote in my Twitter presentation, like, I don't take review requests through DMs. You have to email me. Yep. Uh, because I like I, ca I can't really bear going onto my personal Twitter and it is filled with 20 oh, unanswered no DMs kidding. that's work-related. And I'm like, I, I tweet a lot about work either way, but it's just like... I can't. I just want to keep that in my email inbox. <laughs> well, and and the thing is now, I, maybe it's part of like the growth of Zoink as well, where you can actually say, like, if you want, if you want this, like, you kind of have to follow the rules a little bit. Whereas maybe in the early days, you kind of want to go, I want to get this out to as many people as possible. Yeah. So whatever channel, I'll be there. But yeah. is that sort of part of the? Is that one of the tangible things that has changed as Zoink has grown over the last? Honestly, it seems like it's grown so much just in the last 18 months, but it's been yes. obviously a little longer than that. Yeah, but it's been, yeah, it's been a, a long ride. And really, yeah, for me, you can really see a big difference in just 
it's just the amount of people contacting us has been uh, so much higher the, mm -hmm. just the past half a year or something it really escalated mm -hmm. and uh, for me it just yeah, because before we just went like, you want a code? Take a code. As many people as no, that don't know, knows that the game is possible. Yeah. But now we can't really do that because if we gave a code to everyone asking for one, it wouldn't be a, such a great business model. Right. <laughs> then, yeah. Then Sonic wouldn't be because we wouldn't have any money because we're just giving away our games. So uh, we still try to like support a lot of small uh, podcasters and YouTubers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just more go on people who seem to do quality content and seem to like be very uh, engaged in what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not like now we only give it to the big YouTubers and the famous streamers. It's more like we have to make some kind of selection. Mm -hmm. um, is that part of your we, role there or is it, are you just part of the conversation or like how does that decision making uh, process it, happen? With, with Fee it's been a little bit different because since EA is publishing the game, mm -hmm. they've been handling most, the biggest, biggest chunk of the codes. So I've just been telling people to talk to our contact at EA, so just giving them an email, and then EA just has oh has their own process where they, yeah, they just, they actually look at all the channels and just see if they seem like a, a good fit for the game, really. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot, I think they think a lot more than I have the time to do about, like, do they do this the right kind of genre? Is it the right kind of people watching this channel? Right. Um, so, so I know a lot of people... Uh, came back to me like, oh, I didn't get a code and why and stuff like that. And uh, I don't think anyone needs to take it like, oh, you don't, your uh, your content wasn't good enough or something like that, or your channel wasn't big enough. I just think it's like they really want this perfect match uh, yeah. with the kind of content you produced before. So if you just do like FPS games and then ask for a fake code, they're going to be like, no, it's not the right audience. And mm -hmm. then, yeah. So it's, I a think weird, it's a weird thing, isn't it, of people i don't know if it's an entitledness or what it is but like when they come back and say why didn't i get a code it's like well you just didn't you just didn't get one i'm not sure yeah. like and, and i'm, and I'm sure for time. yeah exactly maybe next time and and for both sides it's a fine balance of it's a relationship like neither yeah. neither one side wants to go well i'm really sorry i missed you this time and like i don't want you to hate zoink forever whoever the, oh. the organization is and on the the youtuber the content creator side is like it's very easy to burn that bridge like if yeah. you, you could say like, cause there's thousands of us, there's millions of us of people creating content and, and yeah. I started like, to realize that just now and it's just like blowing up. A lot of us face. know each other. A lot of us like, <laughs> like I've, I've hung out with the Nintendo dads. We've played, uh, we played, uh, Catan and pa Pandemic, played some board games together. Oh yeah. When, um, Justin was still in Alberta and, and Zach is, is in Edmonton. So him and I are 45 minutes away from each other. We're on like literal oh, opposite yeah. ends of the city. Actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah and I, i've been thinking a lot about him i messaged him earlier this week and i was like I, I've been, I actually thought i saw him at a costco the other day and i stared intently at this person i was just like that's gotta be zach like same glasses same build, <laughs> haircut and everything and the guy oh, turns around him? i've met zach i definitely like oh, i met, I, oh, I, yeah. I definitely thought it was him like like the real real life version and yeah, then yeah. this this gentleman turns around sees me just like staring just like <laughs> And no, and I, you, how you casually like? I wasn't just staring at you; just kind of do the like. I was trying to read the sign past you. Yeah, wave at the lady behind him, like, "Oh, hey!" Try to try to fake your way out of it. Yeah. So, I know that you've been on on the circuit, and I and I don't want to have you repeat too much of. Or you know what? The goal is actually not to have you repeat any anything. I, oh, I, that's I think interesting. I, I want to. Uh, I want to talk about Alex, actually. Can I say Alex, or do you prefer Alexandra? I've got Alexandra yeah, no, on the Alex screen. Yeah, no, Alex is fine. It's, uh, people never have the time to say Alexandra. <laughs> it's my sister-in-law's name, actually. So we've we've called her. Oh, yeah. Her, her boyfriend started calling her Sandy, and she hates oh. it. And he knows that she hates it, so that's why it's a thing. That's uh, Never heard that before. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Sandra, even. Sandra is actually what... Anyway. Um, I wanted to know, actually, because you mentioned something on... Uh, one of the shows, I think it was the Nintendo Nintendo Dad's podcast, and I wanted to jump off from there. I had one of those moments that I think a lot of people do when they're listening to a podcast where they insert and they go like, oh, ask this, ask this, or like they laugh <laughs> yeah. along with the podcast. Why and, don't you answer, ask my questions? <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, I'll talk to her on Saturday. You had mentioned something about development uh, at Zoink uh, in that you guys don't have crunch. Where in North America oh. we have this, we have this moment in time, these couple of weeks before the game launches, and it's like all hands on deck. You're working 27 hours a day somehow. Yeah. 
And is I was curious if that was a Zoink thing or is that a Sweden thing? Because I was kind of wondering the whole like work, um, work ethic, work. Uh, what is a work environment in Sweden? How does it compare to to everywhere else in the world? Yeah. Well, uh, for one, I think that uh, just the general work environment in Sweden is very different to in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, just we have shorter days. We have more vacation. We have like five weeks paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like a year and a half paid uh, parental leave, both moms and dads. Yep. So, oh, uh, wow. Just, both of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have like a, we, we can split it any way you want. So uh, a lot of times mom takes more time because we're still not quite there yet but uh, but like me and uh, and the dad of my kid we just took uh nine months or something like that each mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we have saved some for future years but so yeah so just the basic just if you start there start there at the base we're just it's much more restricted how much you can work and what's right. okay and you need to have your overtime pay and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, but then i also think that um I'm not sure how it is it's on the AAA side of things in Sweden, like um, Dyson and uh, Ghost and stuff like that. Oh, but, yeah. Because uh, I, I haven't really worked in that kind of environment. Um, but I, we still do, uh, before release, I, I can't say anything else. It's like a lot of people do overtime, especially the programmers mm-hmm. who like sit until the last minute of like fixing small mm-hmm. things. Uh, but we don't do... Yeah, at least I, I hope we don't do most. Uh, I, I can't speak for the studios, but we don't do crunch in the way Americans do crunch. We don't like live at the office for yeah, two months. The bed and the pillows are like basically beside the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath that's, the desk. Uh, uh, that's. Uh, I don't think uh, that's uh, super common. No, um, we we tr- just really try to to make sure that that doesn't happen and mm-hmm. then it always there always there is always like overtime happening at some point because that's just how it is you can't really control the development something turns up and you have a release date uh, in one week then you have to fix it it's just what it is yeah but it's uh it's in no way like the stories i heard from the u.s uh, about how people work there and just like can't go get home to their families at night just standing staying at the office and just like sleeping three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> It, it sounds to me like the whole that whole system is is based around the family unit. And that's kind of what you, you're kind of getting at the end where you can't get home from work to go see your family. But like you said, and Canada is getting there, too, I think, for 18 months. I don't I can't remember if it's if it was just after uh, our son was born or if it's still coming. But we were getting to that 18 month. And I've I've worked with a lot of colleagues in the States, too, where um I'll know that they're about to have a baby and they'll say, yeah. okay, well, I'll see you in whatever it was. It was like six weeks or something crazy like that. It was oh, like, weird. you're not even supposed to like, you're supposed to be <laughs> like laying down for that time and you're coming yeah. back to work after that. And it's, it's working up until like basically the day the baby is born. And yeah. so I, I, the reason I wanted to like put that into context and I wanted to get a sense of, I don't know how, what the analog would be in America. They would say like, it's the, the American dream would be kind of like, wealth health and happiness like what is what is like the ideal what's the picturesque if there was like a hollywood version of like life in sweden i'm curious of what that is because i think i want it yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too just a lot of vacation <laughs> yep. staying at home with your kids as long as you want to mm-hmm. uh, working six hours a day or something <laughs> that's actually a thing like they're trying uh, doing different experiments in different like especially in uh, like uh, nursery nursery homes and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, that the staff only work six hours a day but they get a full-time pay yeah uh, just because it's like a a stressful job and quite a heavy a heavy job and the, they had a lot of people like being sick all the time so they mm-hmm. just for an experiment for one year, everyone just worked six hours a day and they just took in more staff to fill up the gaps. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. They've been continuing doing that because it's people were healthier, so they didn't have to pay a lot for uh, sick leaves and stuff like that or rehabilitation. So that mm-hmm. like went down. So in the end, it, did, it didn't cost the company more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just made people working there healthier. And I really, it's really interesting to see uh, if they're going to like make sure that happens in more, more areas uh, mm-hmm. of work because I think... I don't know. I, I work a, a bit short, uh, quite short days because I work a bit at nights and stuff from Twitter right. and keep, keeping an eye on stuff for weeks and, and things like that. And I think it's just 
if you work eight hours like we do here generally the last two hours i'm just quite tired and not really doing anything effective mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh if i work but you're putting in the hours, time yeah i'm putting right? in the time yeah. <laughs> uh, but if i work six hours it's like six hours where i'm super focused and just doing my job and having energy to do it then uh, i think that's a big discussion in sweden and, and i think it's going to be a while before everyone is there but i hope yeah. that's the like general direction we're going in the fact that the conversation is happening just gives a sense of just the environment and landscape for that i know when uh when my son was born i took a month off but i i went in every thursday morning so i had four hours once a Mm. week to just like get it done like whatever just to make sure nothing was burning down or anything like that and you can do a surprising amount when you know you've got like limited amount i guess sort of the fear would be at some point the six hours is going to be the eight hours. And at what point, like, do you go like six hours is a long time. What if we should go to like four? Like I could understand <laughs> yeah. where that can be a bit of a slippery slope yeah, and yeah. you try to, you try and balance that. Do you think that like what allows Sweden to be that nimble? Is it, is it a population thing or is it just a, an attitude that just trying to make things better for, for people living in Sweden? I hope so. I, I don't know. I think it's just developed quite organically through time because we had the same discussion. I don't remember when we went from 10 hour work days to eight hours, but yeah. uh, it was exactly the same discussion. Some people were like, no, you can't just stay at home and do nothing. You need to work. And uh, the, the oh, country okay. won't work without, without people, people working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but then uh, we did it and it just worked out. And the same with like vacation. I just think people are starting to realize that well-rested, happy people it's good. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's kind of like, yeah. that's what people who've been working this whole time have been saying for years and years. It's just like, yeah, and yeah. anytime anybody gets a, de- a chance to take vacation, they come back and they go, holy crap, I'm so refreshing. That problem that we had before I went on vacation, I've got it solved because I just like, yeah, yeah. I had some sleep and there's all these other things that, that just come along with it. Are you able to take five weeks? Cause I'm, I've been at the same place for a number of years, almost a decade actually, which is crazy to think about. And I'm up to five weeks. So I've earned, I've earned now up to five weeks of vacation. I can almost never take it. Like I had a lot built up and that's why I was able to take a month off when my son was born. But are you guys able to, is it a thing that you have the time and you just aren't able to get to it or like it's built into your year round? We we need to have it. Yeah, because uh, it's like the law. <laughs> so if you don't, uh, you can save it for next year or so. But I, I don't know. That's where we are, we work, I guess. But I've never had any issues. I just the the pro. The good thing about working with what I do is I'm not really connected to uh, the team in a way that I need to be at the office to mm-hmm. for them oh, to make something work. Mm-hmm. So I can generally. As long as we're, as we're not releasing a game or anything, I can generally just take vacation time when I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not an issue because, of course, I work with a team and we work together. But uh, it's not a, it's not like I'm a programmer and people need me to fix something for them to be able to work because it's right. another part of the development. So uh, for me, it's quite easy. It's you got a really... nice sweet spot there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Tell me, I don't know if if this is a, even an answerable question because I think if somebody were to ask me about Canada, I don't know if I could answer it. What yeah. what is something that that what's something about Sweden that people don't really know or understand, or even maybe a misconception that they think they know about Sweden that oh. is not true? Well, we don't have any polar bears. What? <laughs> and we're not Switzerland. That's hilarious. Uh. <laughs> Okay, that's going to be the title of the show on YouTube. Sweden is not Switzerland. I'll just make a note of that. Thank you. That's uh, actually something I've met a lot. I, th- I thought it was like just a, a joke in Sweden, but when you go abroad and uh, when I go to PAX or other like kinds of uh, uh, game shows, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people think we're Switzerland and ask, ask about chocolate and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. We don't. Oh, come on. Okay, <laughs> so what is, Sweden's, what is Sweden's chocolate then? So when people think of Switzerland, they think chocolate. What do, they, what do people oh, think about when they think of Sweden? We, we just have super salty licorice that no one else can eat. <laughs> It's a secret talent. Yeah, I'm you gonna, guys have. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a bag, and you'll see what that I mean. sounds. That sounds okay. <laughs> I, we also have a bunch of weird candy and stuff that, that they don't get in the state. We have. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Kinder Surprise, a little chocolate egg. It's hollow with oh, a yeah? toy inside. They banned yeah. it in the states because kids were oh, choking on the, on the on the chocolate. They have guns, but they can't have Kinder eggs. So that's, we'll just uh, we'll just uh, leave it at that, Alex. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what what about language? I wanted to talk to you a little bit about language because I'm fascinated with um, 
with this, particularly like Western Europe and where you can just like travel two hours and go across like a couple of countries and you're talking different languages and all these like, yeah. are you multilingual? Are you or like, is that a thing in Sweden? Like, how does how does language work across the Scandinavian countries? Yeah, it's um, well, Norway, which is closest to us uh, in the uh, in the West. It's or at least I think it's really easy to understand Norwegian. I can't talk, I can't speak Norwegian, but I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, they have some weird words that you need to like go English to translate. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I think a lot of uh, other countries would just consider it a dialect uh, oh, of the okay. same language. Yeah, uh, Danish is a little bit harder. It's like you can understand it in writing, but uh, they're really they're talking like they have a potato in their mouth or something. So it's really hard to like realize uh-huh. what's happening. Yep. <laughs> and all their words kind of just go together. It's really, it's, I, I really enjoy listening to it. It's a really cool language. I just, it's harder to, uh, to get. Uh, I think that would be a fun game to do, Alex, where you we could go through all of the different languages and say, like, what food is in your mouth when you're speaking? Like, when people speak French, <laughs> yeah. like, what, what food is in a, a French person's mouth when they're speaking? That is the funniest comparison I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just like, they don't really do a lot of consonants. It's just like... Just a, a full mouth, just gah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you just have Finland, which is just that the, there is no resemblance at all. Um, yeah. So the, it's much, it's more related to to uh, the language of like Estonia and stuff. So uh, you don't really get. But a lot of people in Finland also speak Swedish. So yeah. Okay. Because uh, I was going to say everybody's in fairly close proximity. So like, how yeah. often are you coming into contact with each other? And you're just like, I can't understand you. Or I'm sure there's a little bit crossover mm. in, in language you go back and forth i'm always curious about that because th- it just doesn't happen here like the closest uh-huh. thing would be in quebec which is actually mark is fairly close he's way closer to quebec than, than i am um and they treat you like crap if you don't speak the language they really <laughs> just hate you even if you're trying it's not even a nice thing um we haven't figured out how to be even though we've got french and english on all of our labels and everything we are we are legally a bilingual country <laughs> But we don't know how to we don't know how to mix and match. Um, can't do I, it. I think Europe is a little better. You guys have been doing it a little longer as well. Yeah, I, I think it's more like uh, as always. There's a lot of ideas of this is what Swedes are like, and this is what Norwegians are like, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of Swedes go to Norway to to work because they have a much higher salary and they you earn a, mo- a lot more money there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, uh, and Swedes are, have kind of been known for being super uh, service-minded in Norway. So oh, okay. Swedes have all like the service jobs because apparently we're nice or something. Uh, That's a, that <laughs> is I the one thing have, I would have thought is like yeah. when you say like what is the the chocolate for? I would think like you guys are just nice. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Norwegians are super nice too, so I don't know where, where that comes from. But uh, mm-hmm. so it's like if you go to Norway, a lot of people in stores and stuff are Swedes. So uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like exchanging uh, work workers like that, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Norway, Sweden, because it's just a lot of people just live along the border and you just go back and forth. So like the Norwegians come to Sweden to shop because it's cheaper, cheaper, and we oh, go there yeah. to work. Because you get more money. Oh, that totally makes sense. What a, what a yeah. nice relationship. <laughs> that totally works out. Do people do people in Sweden love heavy metal as much as in Norway? Is it is there as much yeah. of a deeper yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not uh, like super into it myself, but a lot of people do, and we have a lot of like metal festivals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I remember we watched actually in a sociology class back in college. We we watched literally it was all about the different um, subsects of of heavy metal and how it yeah. like manifests in, in the world. And I remember just being fascinated with everything that's happening over in Norway. And I'm like, I had I had no idea that this was even a thing. I need to. I need to get over to see you guys, to be honest. With you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I really, really quite fascinated with, with the Scandinavian countries, even more so than, I think that has more of a draw for me than kind of the typical Europe, European, like the, when the, when North Americans experience Europe, it's yeah. kind of a, they think they're doing it in a really unique way, but it's very cookie cutter. Like I'm going to get my what, backpack. What that? <laughs> I think I, I'm just going to like, I'm going to grab my backpack. I'm going to have like two, two t-shirts and a pair of pants and I'm going to try and make this work. And they're probably doing like the exact I'm, they're staying in the exact hostels they're saying in the like the the path is is the same but they, they do they Italy to find, they do yeah 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Greece was amazing. I just and I and you see all the pictures. They come back with that same hillside, uh, (laughs) (laughs) with the blue the blue rooftops and everything. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Alex, a little bit about. I'm going to go back to Zoink, but from a different a different angle because the the perspective and my observation is that you guys are very. This goes back to the family unit. You guys do seem like a family, and often I have to remind myself. that you're not related and it's not like a Sweden <laughs> thing. It's not like, like, well, if you're in Sweden, you guys must all be coming from like the same heritage or the same family. You do <laughs> remind me of, um, the way that Studio MDHR works though. Like the way that you sort of present yourselves and your, your homegrown is very much like the team that made, made Cuphead and they are Studio MDHR is like, for those who don't know, is, is sort of like a shorthand for that, for that name. It's a, it's a mouthful of a name, Moldenhauer. Um, yeah. but the way that I sort of, have always looked at Zoink and the image and form actually, but maybe less so for them uh, that like you guys are just a, our family. So is it, is it like that working with everybody or is it a little bit more business? Like, like what is it like where, and how did you get into, how did you get into Zoink? Uh, I actually get into Zoink if I, if I start uh, on that end uh, through image and form in a way. Uh, oh, wow. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I went to school with Julius, who is uh, the community manager at the, mm-hmm. um, at Image Four, and um, when we when we finished school, he did his internship at Image Four, and uh, started working there. And uh, Klaus was like, Klaus from Zoink, my boss, was like, "Hmm, that's that seems like a good thing to have someone who does all those things, <laughs> <laughs> someone who tweets professionally and stuff." Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was like, "Do you know someone who can do this for Zoink?" And he was like, "Yeah, I think so. Maybe Alex wants to do it." And uh, I got so he asked me if I would do. Hey, do you want to work with video games? And I was like. I love video games. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can work with that. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't really thought of it as a like viable career op- option, really, because I, when I was younger, I had like this dream, like, oh, maybe I could do video games, but I didn't know in what end to start, so I just like right. dropped it in some way. Uh, but then this opportunity got, just came up, and I'm like, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the interview went great, and I met with uh, Klaus and Michael, and uh, and I just got the job the next day, and just yeah. And then we were off. <laughs> is that pretty? Is that pretty normal? That seems that seems very Hollywood. That seems very TV. Of I got the interview, and then I got like I don't know about you or if there's other experiences you've had. Like I've definitely been through the whole. You send in your resume. You wait. I've waited six weeks for a job I yeah. actually got, and you yeah. know I waited a long time. And then the interview happens, and you wait. But like this yeah. is this is what everybody dreams of when they go into an interview because you just want to know. Yeah. Like, did I get it or not? Like, even if I don't get it, I'd rather know now than wait four weeks and, and figure out then. Yeah, I think I think actually that's something uh, I think Klaus really he kind of hires with with uh, he goes a lot of like his stomach stomach feeling with his guts. Uh, and I think he, he, he said that like he, he felt like I had a good energy. But yeah. Like, I, know, I hire you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what jobs do you have? I have no, I have so. no money. I have no money. <laughs> yeah, yes, so this I, is what I'm hiring you for. I, I, I know that they didn't really interview anyone else. They just met me and they felt like I had ideas for what I wanted to do. And I yep. seemed like uh, to be interested in what Zoink did. And uh, so they just, okay, uh, let's do a trial run. Uh, like we have a period of, is it six months or so in Sweden mm-hmm. where you can like just uh, get a job, but then they can ask you to stay or go after mm-hmm. that without any really explanation. Totally. But I got to stay. Fortunately, <laughs> what game so, was coming out around then? Like, what era of of Zoink is this? It was uh, pre Zombie Vikings, so we were in the like last phases of finishing Zombie Vikings when I mm-hmm. got there. Uh, so one of the first thing I did at Zoink was like record some kind of video where people threw cereal boxes at me because we're just yes, yes, <laughs> I, I've seen that one. Yep, that's so funny. <laughs> the second day at work or something. No way. <laughs> See, this no, is the family thing. That seems like something you do with your family. Like you've known each other for a long time. That's what I'm talking about. That's so funny. I really, I really have kind of like that family. I, I get that uh, feeling because it's. I've never worked at a place like something where I really feel like everyone is just friendly and friends with each other, and we do a lot of stuff like karaoke yesterday mm-hmm. uh, together after work, and we go to the movies and just hang out a lot. So uh, uh, I think that's super nice. Uh, it's just. Of course, you need to stay professional as well and just not hang around chatting with your friends at work all day. 
Uh, but I think we managed to pull it off. <laughs> I think so as well. I am completely just in awe. And I think anybody who's like frustrated with their job is just so they're just oozing with jealousy right now because it sounds like you guys have this <laughs> incredible balance of, of friendship and fun and professionalism. And then at the end of the day, you get to make these incredible games that you can be so proud of, of standing beside and, and showing, showing to the world. Um, and I should say, of course, we have a lot of frustration and issues at work, like all other workplaces, you know, because that's always going to be a thing. Yeah, of and course. And we try to do better and learn from past experiences. Um, so, but it's just, if you have that, like, comfort of feeling like you all, like, work towards a common goal and uh, that you you like each other and you want the, everyone's games to do well, I think that's a good start to have. Is there um, a cycle that you've identified with in terms of that where, every, like, maybe it's at the beginning, everybody's like, every idea is great, this thing is going to be amazing, and then you sort of get to, like, certain parts within the, the development of the game where things maybe yeah. get a little bit more tense, and then, like, is there is that a thing? Is there a roller coaster ride that you can identify well, yeah, for, for me at least, and I think for a lot of people, it's like when you've been working with one game for a long time, yeah, you get so sick of it. Yeah, just get <laughs> like, it out. I don't want to say a word more about this game. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, I'm going to tweet about it. What what can I say? I'm I don't so know. tired of telling people how to say this. It's two letters. Figure it out. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to bring yeah. up the thing. <laughs> You need like a line under it so that you can. Anyway, I don't even want to talk. I, yeah. I can imagine how many times you've had to correct people, or even like. So how do you say as if they're asking you for the first time? How do yeah. you say it? That's actually still quite fun. Just hearing people's uh, explanation, uh, people's guesses on how it uh, how it should sound. That's really funny. I had a boss. Uh, I was in sales before, and I had a boss tell me how like because we would we would have a lot of repetition in our jobs as well of explaining the difference between this and that and everything else. And he he reminded us of. Our favorite, he, he brought a Bon Jovi, which is hilarious because it got, it gave you a sense of what kind of person this, he was like locked in the eighties. He was like hair bands and everything. He was talking <laughs> about Bon Jovi sings the same songs every single night. He's been doing it since like 1987. So think about, and he does it with like, as if he's singing it for the first time. Yeah. And I think about that anytime that there's repetition in delivering a message in anybody's yeah. job. I think about that. As weird as that, I don't want to think about Bon Jovi necessarily. I try to like maybe like modernize it a little bit, you know, Bruno Mars, whatever the kids are doing oh, yeah. these days. But I, I was thinking of I was thinking of that when when I've heard you explain how to say the name of the game uh, so many times. I'm like, oh, that's you do it so well. You definitely maybe you've heard the Bon Jovi story. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna think about Bon Jovi from now on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the good thing is, it's like you always like get back on it. Uh, yep. You always have the ups and downs, and and when you're getting close to release, then you really start to get excited again. Like, oh no, oh, nice. play the game, mm-hmm. and now oh, I just remember how cool this game is. I've just been seeing it every day for two years. So I don't really realize it anymore. But then you maybe getting uh, some testers or something trying out the game. You see someone else playing it and getting mm-hmm. excited about it and like in fear just meeting the the small deer for the first time and they're like oh so cute oh! and then mm-hmm. you get just like just as excited as them because you kind of forgotten forgot forgotten about that feeling for the game and then it just comes back bubbling up so uh, uh, that's always really fun and then when the game is out and you see people writing about it and discussing it and like i love reading like reddit uh, topics on oh you what's do fear really about oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah discuss, like what, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand anything. Has anyone got an like, explanation? And that's just uh, fun to see what people, where people's minds go. You know, you can, you know, you've got them now, though. And I remember you mentioning that on, on one of the shows, too. And I was thinking that, that you guys have people in the palm of your hands. You could make a complete nonsense game that does have, <laughs> it has no meaning whatsoever. And you'll just set Reddit on fire of like, what's the meaning? Like, they'll look for things. I always had real, a lot of trouble in uh in like english comprehension like reading classes where they would read a book and they'd be like this is this is the symbolism the author meant and i'm like are you sure like how do you you, (laughs) like i get the interpretation part of it like maybe you can pull that out but how do you know that that's what the author i always think that that's a tricky that's a tricky (laughs) thing you of course have the inside scoop of what is what is canon but i'm sure you guys won't let that cat out of the bag for any of the things yeah, we we actually had to uh, write down the story for Fear in a document recently because we were applying for this uh, European Union grant for for upcoming title, mm-hmm. and uh, there was actually some things that even I didn't know. I was like writing it down, and then I, I talked to one of the people involved with the story, and I'm like, "Is this correct?" Yeah, they're like, "Yeah, you missed this super important part here," and I was like, "Oh, okay." 
<laughs> Even I don't know the whole story. Right? Exactly, so, <laughs> so uh, and I, I like that it's like up to everyone to interpret for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I don't think the game would, would win anything on us like making a blog blog post like this is what it's about because then we just write people on the nose. Uh, right. It's better. People have their own experience, and that's what we hope they will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Have you, I wanted to jump quickly to a bit of the PR side and then I want to, I want to talk, you said you love video games. I definitely wanted to get into where that comes in for you. That's, that's what binds us all. We can talk about worldly things and, and things that, that affect us in our day to day, but ultimately it is video games that, that, that bind us together. Um, I was wondering if you've had anything in your experience with Zoink or just in your professional career that was like, not even like a PR nightmare, but you're kind of like, oh, this is going to be a challenging, like what, what, what's a tough day in PR? If, if, uh, I understand like volume is, is a thing, but mm. like, no, no, there's no scandals at Zoink. There's nothing like that. And I'll, I'll actually, I'll yes. point to one specific example because yeah. you guys are, are, are bound to EA in this sort of like weird relationship that nobody understands, but I actually think is pretty yeah. clear and kind of, kind of amazing. Um, but the video game awards, is a, is there is a moment in the video game awards that everybody knows uh, with Joseph Farris and talking about EA in a particular way, and he has a similar relationship with EA. Was there any spillover for you guys at all? Was there any discussions of what that might mean for for Zoink in your relationship with with EA? How did that? You probably watched along with a, with a, the rest of us, going, "Oh goodness!" And you always have that <laughs> PR hat on. Yeah. Uh... I actually didn't hear about that until the next day. I think I, I don't remember if it, I was still oh, time when that happens or, or, or time zones or whatever, yeah. but I, I heard about it afterwards and I see, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we weren't really, really worried about that, uh, making a mark on us or anything, but, uh, it's, of course it's been a lot of discussion, like people asking us, why do you work with EA and, why do you go to bed with the devil and everything? And yeah, why I don't, do I don't even your... want to put that out there. Honestly, I yeah, think that's yeah. all garbage. I think that's not yeah. even, yeah, no, I don't like that it's at all. It's just a lot of, uh, but we, that's something we've been getting a lot and like uh, for, from uh, social media and stuff. But we, we just, I, I haven't really, I actually thought I would get, that we would get more, even more reactions. But I think that people mm-hmm. have been, I don't know, I think we've had just the, a quite easy ride uh, with just since even since I started at Zoink with just like uh, criticism or uh, people bashing us for stuff, there's always some people who are angry uh, or try to be mean or whatever. Sure. But uh, even when we released Zombie Vikings and there was a lot of issues with like bugs and stuff, uh, that was a quite stressful time for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of emails with the bug reports and people asking why we released a game that wasn't finished and etc. etc. And um, I think that that was by far more stressful than any of the things surrounding the original steel has been, because right. um, that was so. Um, because that also affected the reviews, um, mm-hmm. and that was uh, quite rough on everyone who had worked on the game for so long and put so much time and effort into it. And then uh, we just got caught in an external deadline that we couldn't control, uh, and we couldn't we didn't have the option to push the game even yeah. though we wanted to. And that was kind of a a hard spot to be in um, for everyone. Uh, yeah. And we just had to sit and like make a one day one patch and a day two patch and everything and just trying to fix it. But when the game is out, it's out, and it's a little, it's very hard to to repair that after like a day or two. Yeah. So I think yeah. you guys do a really nice job of, and and this is really I think on on you. You have a really nice way of presenting a very wholesome type of organization that it's really hard to be angry. It's easy to be angry at like the evil corporation, the EA, it's like the faceless, nobody knows who this is. And it's a giant building that you're really mad at. But it's, I think it's hard to be really to sustain anger towards a group of people who just are so nice and like, who are genuinely like, they they feel like they've connected with you, whether it's personally on Twitter or through, through the games. I don't know if that's something that, uh, I think it's just from my perspective, my observation is that it's um, it is innate in the family unit that you guys have have created. And that emanates across across the world. And I, which is one of the last things I wanted to ask you about the, the PR cycle. And you kind of touched on it with that. The time zones things of we were all watching the video games here. And, and of course, just for a moment, because you're so connected with everybody all the time. 
How are you doing that? There, the world is enormous and there are so many time zones. Like Mark and I are four hours away and it's like, how are we going to have a conversation? And you're having conversations with, with thousands of people all the time. How, yeah. how do you manage that? I, I wonder that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah, even I, say that. I, I feel like I, I, I still try to work out how that, sh- uh, how I can do that better because I, right now I mainly, mainly focus on doing my job uh, when uh, at daytime for me, like nine to five. Uh, but I also every every night before I go to bed, check Twitter and like try to answer comments and stuff. And uh, since I wake up quite early with my kid who wakes up mm-hmm. quite early, uh, I actually managed to like cover most people. Uh, most people are awake at some time <laughs> during mm-hmm. the time I'm awake. Mm-hmm. So it usually works out. Sometimes I've done some podcasts at really unreasonable hours, like five in the morning. Oh, goodness. Horrible. Uh, so, uh, but uh, usually it works out quite fine. And sometimes we, when we are in the U.S. Uh, doing packs and uh, GDC and whatnot, we always have managed to connect with people from, from the U.S. more. And then we do things in Europe and just try to spread out as good as we can. But I don't and really... you are, are you flying out soon? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's PAX in just a few, few weeks, three oh weeks. Oh my goodness I think. gracious! And Klaus is uh, on his way to GDC right now. So oh, okay, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Klaus. I and I guess the basis of the question before we move off of it was I was I was trying to get a sense of uh, the level of interest in interaction. Is it heavily based in North America? Is it spread across? Like, is there a lot of interest and in, and a lot of what, what, I guess the the main question is what is what is gaming like on your side of the world? Like, is yeah. it it's very it's very prominent here? It's very prevalent and um, in your face. But I don't mm. know if that's if that's the case everywhere. Yeah, I, I think uh, if you look at the sales for our games and stuff, it's definitely North America is one of our biggest markets, yeah. but also uh, Europe and especially like Germany and France and Sweden, of course, because mm-hmm. we're we're from here. Uh, but it's like yeah, and uh, uh, United Kingdom uh, as well, oh, okay. but I don't really, I don't really think there's that big of a difference actually, and that's yeah. what I noticed from my perspective. Like uh, it feels like the same things work similarly in the, uh, both areas, and uh, yeah. we get the same kind of uh, same kind of support, same type of criticism from all over. Really, um, some areas are more like harder when it comes to reviews and stuff because there are more scammers and stuff like that but right, uh, right. but uh, generally i think i think i don't know if we're just super lucky but i think people are just super nice and supportive wherever we go kind of yeah and i think that i want to <laughs> interesting like, answer but it's true no no that's okay and i but it does prompt my my mind to sort of like explore this and maybe i kind of want to i want to do a little bit of research or conversation with some people because i i wonder if when you talk about reviewers, if people in Sweden are reviewing from a particular perspective, they have to be, they have to be present bringing their own personal experience. This is just how a review happens. They, they have their own uh, biases and preferences that are based on a lifetime of, of games and experiences and oh, what yeah. brings them joy and satisfaction. So how does that, and I don't expect like, this is more of a rhetorical kind of like exploration, yeah. hopefully prompting questions in other people's minds too, of, if the same game gets reviewed in North America as it does in China, as it does in Japan and, and, and Sweden, what does that person, uh, sort of as a small microcosm of that culture, what is like most important to them? Is it, is it yeah. gameplay? Is it story? Is it art? Is it something else? Yeah. I think that is super interesting. And I don't know, maybe it takes stepping out of our backyard to think of it that way, because of course that, that question could be asked for games that are developed here in my backyard, like Bioware is here making games for a worldwide audience and you guys are making games for a worldwide audience. Yeah. I think that's well, pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, actually, Asia is actually where I can see a difference. Uh, partly, partly because we haven't really released that many games in, say, Japan and stuff. Because when we've been talking to publishers and like presenting, say, Flipping Death or Stick to the Man, they're mm-hmm. like, mm, this is too... Uh, this is too culturally influenced by the U.S. and uh, Europe. This is like people want to get the references. People want to get the jokes. Yep. So for, for our very like uh, dialogue-based games, that has been like a reason not to publish them there because it's, uh, it's just the, the advice we've been giving that 
this is the wrong kind of uh, of market for for this game. Yeah. Uh, Fear, on the other hand, is quite universal in a in a different way. Uh, mm-hmm. And we uh, we did. Re- I'm, I'm really curious to see how that goes in, say, Japan, uh, because uh, that's a new market for us, and we don't really know uh, what to expect at all, really. So it's going to be interesting to see. That is. Oh man, I'm so glad we got to explore this a little bit because I I now wonder. Maybe Alex, we'll we'll talk in another year or two, and you guys are maybe now. Does that shift any of the decision making too? Where that is maybe why people don't like an EA of the world or a, like the big corporation because they start to play on the things that they know about particular markets and research yeah. and all this gross stuff that like that actually <laughs> define what the game is or what's in it instead of yeah. going this is what's in my heart and this is what I make which is of course what everybody loves about games is yeah, that yeah. it's that that personal reflection and um yeah i think that's what an interesting this is amazing alex i want to <laughs> i don't want to take up your entire evening uh i'll let you no it's fine i'll let you get to the family as we've talked about but let's talk about oh, no, i'm too. family free this weekend so i'm just lucky as we say how amazing family is just like oh god thank goodness a weekend away <laughs> how did how did video games enter enter your life like where because you're a self-proclaimed nerd yeah, absolutely. So just, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how? What's your nerd cred? Um. Uh, <clears throat> what? 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 What's my what? <laughs> it's it's this funny thing of like. Uh, sometimes I'll talk to people who are really into Dungeons and Dragons, and like yeah. that's their ultimate like nerd credit. That's how they earn their oh. nerd badge of approval, kind of thing. So I'm wondering, okay. like, where where did that come in for you? Oh, I was gonna say where? Well, I. I start. I think the first time I remember even playing video games uh, was like playing at my neighbor's house uh, on his um, uh, on his on his. I'm not sure. I think it was a Super Nintendo. Yep. Uh, actually, but then uh, the first uh, console that I got for myself was a Sega Mega Drive, or you call it something else, right? Uh, I think it was a Mega Drive. I never yeah, had one. I was allowed okay, to have okay, consoles, yeah, yeah. so I was in the family that I did the exact same thing. I played video games for the first time at my neighbor's house too. Yeah. His name is Neighbor Matt. <laughs> Oh, neighbor Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so I got that, and I got a Spider-Man game for that. But it it, it was like a, a great day and a sad day because the game was broken. So I just had this Mega Drive and nothing to play on it. <laughs> oh no! Like the game, it's like the cartridge wouldn't work. Yeah, it was no, it didn't work. So that was oh. my first experience of video games. wasn't a very good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I worked my way up from way up from there. And me and my dad used to play like Sonic the Hedgehog and uh, a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it was a lot better at platforming games at that time than I, I am now because it yeah, just has. Sure. So much time and patience as a kid that I don't have anymore. <laughs> what was your? How did your dad get involved? And and actually, I don't know the um, the family unit. Like, are you were you sharing it with brothers or sisters or like what? Yeah, what I had was a like? little sister yeah. um, at the time, and then my 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 mom and dad is uh, split up uh, when I was like seven. So then I got some extra siblings so uh, mm-hmm. to play with, <laughs> some more video game partners. Nice. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so that was my first uh, my first video game, and then we got to in, uh, we we kept that until we got the Nintendo sixty four, which was like wow. That was the thing. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's that the... was a big uh, yeah. That's what like when I remember getting like super hooked and really thinking like oh this is my thing. This mm-hmm. is what I do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just playing Diddy Kong Racing and and uh, Pokemon I Snap. Love it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love hearing, like, not Mario 64 and not, like, yeah. GoldenEye or whatever else. I, I didn't love even those. own Mario 64 or GoldenEye, but my brothers did. Uh, when mm-hmm. we moved in together, when our parents met, they had uh, one Nintendo 64 and we had another one, so we just merged our collections. Oh, my uh, so God, that's, that's amazing. That's when I first played uh, Mario 64, yeah. Uh, oh, what else did we play? I don't remember. I just have so many memories of of Diddy Kong Racing. How old, and, how old were you about when, when that was happening? Like what, like you're coming home from that, school? Yeah. Like, when did that release in 64? It would have been 96, 94, Okay, so 96? I was about like eight years old or something yeah, like okay, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, okay, we're, we're, we're very close. Yeah. Because uh, the reason that I ask that is because you, I feel like you have a completely different experience with video games depending on where in your life you are. So if you're at yeah. school and all you want to do is just like get home and play that, mar- like put on that at the 64, it is totally, <laughs> yeah. totally different. And you are of the age where discovering that four player multiplayer is like the greatest thing of yeah. all time. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. that was the greatest thing about having like, uh, 
my new siblings when my my dad met his uh, his new girlfriend was like suddenly we were four kids so we had four people to play with all the time and that was mm-hmm. just a lot of fun um Did you guys so, have all yeah. different color controllers and everything like that unfortunately not they we had one yellow and three gray so mm-hmm. that was a bummer <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh i just love it thank you um for your time alex i know that uh we both actually have families so let's why don't oh, we yeah. why don't we why don't we shut it off right there why don't we tell everybody as if they don't already know where they can find you on twitter and all the great things that that you're working on anything that you want to let anybody know about now is yeah. your chance oh yeah amazing self-promotion yeah uh, right <laughs> yeah uh well starting at zoink you can just like follow us all over the place, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Zoink Games, same everywhere. Um, and if you want to follow me personally, uh, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at uh, That's Great Alex. Uh, that's my uh, handle. And that's, yeah, that's mostly it. I'm not really super active otherwise anywhere. So check me out there and I'll uh, be happy to talk about whatever. And I think Twitter is enough, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I think Twitter is like, you know, it's it's enough. There's it's too a, many Snapchats and Instagrams and everything. There's there's a lot. I there's just, enough to do on Twitter. I just feel old on Snapchat. I don't know how to behave. <laughs> you and me both. I I <laughs> have like there is there is a Sean Capri on and it is me. I don't know what there's also a Sean Capri on Instagram. I don't know how oh. to do any. I don't. What I know Instagram. I just don't take enough. Pic- I don't like my camera. I don't like my phone for for my my wife's phone takes much better pictures. Yeah. My, I, don't, I don't think iPhones take the greatest pictures, but well, we have a, a, a group, uh, like a group chat on. Uh, do you even call it a chat on Snapchat for Zoink for Zoink mm. people? But I always feel like some of people there are also young and cool and know how to use this kind of new <laughs> new technology media. And I'm like, do you? Is this what? I just don't want to. I don't know the etiquette around it. <laughs> I feel like I need to learn it though because I don't want to. Like my parents don't understand a lot of the stuff, and it's so yeah. frustrating to try and explain like the, the this is how you just like open up Facebook. They're like, oh, I don't have Facebook. And I don't want to get to that point, but I feel myself oh. getting there. So Lincoln yeah. surely will just hate me for not knowing the technology that he'll be using. So I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. I wish you all the best and hopefully some rest after uh, a long road here. Yeah, uh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. Thank you to Alex. Holy crap. From Zoink Games. I feel like I might have been a little too mindful of of time. Is that even a thing? I was very... I wanted to make sure that we locked that down in a particular amount of time. And I wanted to let her kind of get back to things. But I want to... I don't know if I... I feel this might be even over Canadian. I feel like I owe Alex an apology. I, I felt I felt short. So I'm sorry if it, w- if it came off a certain way. Definitely was not my intention i was very grateful to have that conversation with you and to spend that time with you sometimes i just don't know i don't know if like okay here's the other the other end of the spectrum when i talked to jason lacy i know i'm in for a three-hour chat i just wasn't sure what availability like what the expectation what me i don't know i don't know guys thank you to alex of course at uh, that's great, Alex. The greatest Twitter handle on the planet. The music, how could I not use Diddy Kong Racing from OC Remix? That was Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong Loud Party over at ocremix.org. I just, that just put me back in like a nice little mood. I was dancing a little bit. I, like, you know, the chair dancing, not real dancing. I don't know how to really dance. I was just kind of bopping, bipping and bopping. Guys, I want to let you know that there's a great contest happening at the Trophy Room, the uh, podcast made by the players for the players with Mr. Badbit himself, Joseph. Uh, Joseph Moran making that podcast. He's going to give away a copy of God of War. You got to review that show. Don't review this show. Actually, I told you at the start, thanking everybody for th- for doing that. Thank you. But don't do that today. Go over to the trophy room, rate it, send him a pic uh, at Mr. Badbit. You can win a, a copy of God of War. I kind of hope that, that I win. Not going to lie. I wouldn't even care you know, how that looks. We're friends. Joseph, you put me in that damn contest, and I want to win that damn game because... I ain't no PlayStation hater. I just hate that I can't change my name. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri, Sean Lake Connor Capri like the pants. The show is We the Gamer Cast. The website is We the Nerdy. Uh, you may also enjoy my other shows. If we ran Nintendo every week, every Wednesday, youtube.com slash We the Nerdy, iTunes, Google Play, new guests, 
Next week, we're going to have Joe After Work and Nintendo Talk, Mr. Patrick himself. Guys, it's going to be amazing. Good week. Also, the Xbox Drive I record while I drive to work. I talk to my good friend Dave Moore. That's on iTunes and all the rest. Is that even worthwhile saying? Thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard. Adam, we need to talk about some stuff. Antonio Guillen, our video designer. And Dave Moore for the Day Space Network. Remember, no, there's no more things to remember. Otherwise, this is episode 135. We the GamerCast are now in your ears. I hope uh, you'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm going to be back next week. You want to press X for Jason? Boop. Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!